It's the Almost Perfect Podcast. Welcome to the Almost Perfect Podcast, a celebration of fuck-ups, failures, and falling flat on your face. That's a podcast that believes you can learn from experience, but that experience doesn't have to be your own. Ha, I'm Bob Perfect, and I'm a functional fuck-up. Let's learn from somebody else's mistakes. And today we're going to be learning from Simi RF. Now, Simi is a podcaster, he's a comedian, um, I think he's an investor, and... He compartmentalizes things well, is uh, something that he brings up in this podcast. So other than that, I don't really know all the things that Simi RF does. But the things that I love about him are definitely his podcast and his comedy and his friendship. Because we are actually friends and so we give each other a lot of stick on this podcast. We take jabs at each other and it's quite a fun one in that regard. Um... Yeah, like I really do appreciate Simi's work, uh, enjoy his podcast, he's got one called Lesser Known Somebodies, which you should check out if you haven't yet, he's interviewed tons of people, some of whom you've heard on this podcast as well, but yeah, he's laid the foundation for, you know, comedians <laughs> to pick up microphones and start interviewing people in South Africa, and you know, he's been a bit of a trailblazer in the comedy scene as well, in that he does things on his own terms, he kind of circumnavigates the conventional routes that other people are taking in the industry you know he sets up his own gigs he does his own things he's even now done a one-man show called listen knowing somebody um and that is on showmax i think it's on showmax already if it's not it will be soon he mentions 21 january in the podcast i think but that's not well i don't know if it did happen or like is going to happen but that's the thing that's happening um or has happened it's weird how time works anyway uh yeah so we get into all of that how he did it uh we get into the podcast we get into the industry we get into a whole host of different things and how Simi actually you know does things and he definitely does things a little bit differently to everyone else which is something i think we can all appreciate i mean he's caused a few hassles in his own life um from some of the things he does and says uh, like you know myself as well so we kindred spirits in that own way, even though it's different things that we say that get us into trouble sometimes. But he still seems to manage to make his own thing work despite that. Um, and that's what's pretty cool. We kind of discuss him like making himself a pariah or being a pariah like right in the beginning. But we move past all of that and we get into, like I say, a whole host of discussions. Uh, but just a note at the end, we mentioned that we'll be doing gigs in Josie, um, a two-man show in February, but we're not actually going to be doing that. Uh, we, well, we're doing it in Josie and Durban. We're not going to be doing that in February. We're going to be doing that a little bit later in the year, but I am still actually going to be in Joburg from the 14th of Feb to like a week later. <laughs> not, not quite the 21st. It'll be the 20th. I'll be coming back to Durban. And the only gig I have at the moment is at the Melville Comedy Club that's going to be on the 16th of February, so you can come and check me out there. But now I'll see if I can hook up any other gigs. Uh, if you're a promoter, let me know, you know, my email address, almostperfectpod at gmail.com. Always just find me on the social medias. Other than that, you can support the podcast by going to Facebook. Uh, we've got a page there called The Almost Perfect Podcast. Weird, I know, but that's what it's called. Go like that if you like this. And if you really like this, you can also uh, contribute a little bit of cash. You can subscribe via Patreon. Uh, patreon.com forward slash almost perfect is where you can get a little bit more out of this podcast you can interact with it a little bit more um the different levels mean you can suggest podcast guests you can also ask them questions you can ask me questions which i'll answer eventually i'm going to be doing a post amble where this is called a preamble so i'm going to be doing a post amble afterwards um not today but eventually where we'll 
we'll get into things. I don't know what things, but, you know, not the things that are in the intro, I guess. So, yeah, that's a place where you'll be able to interact more with the podcast. And also, I'll be doing giveaways and stuff. Um, mostly stuff from my sponsors. I'm sponsored by The Unseen Shop and Poison City Brewing. So, you'll get some beer and some games for now. Uh, that's, I think, a cool thing. I like beer and games. I'm sure you do, too. If you don't, that's fine. Uh, I won't give you beer and games. Like, you can still do the other things. <laughs> on the Patreon and I'll think of other ways to you know just make it a cool vibe and a cool space but mostly it's just a way for you to contribute back to the podcast if you enjoy it and it will allow me to eventually have enough budget to hire someone professional to actually edit this because at the moment I do all of it and you know maybe get a producer involved maybe make it a bit of a tighter better show as time goes on and you can all be a part of that at patreon.com forward slash almost perfect and now that I got that out the way he has this podcast with Simi RF. There you go. Just waiting. Welcome to Africa's 8th Best Podcast with me, Simi RF. And me, Today, Bob, the first repeat guest on uh, your podcast. I edited you out of that podcast, Doc. Yeah, that's that one that I'm now the repeat oh, guest. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I know you edited me out. I was yeah. listening for yeah. my part. You listened for yourself and I was just like, you know what? This guy doesn't deserve to be on my podcast twice. That's fucking bullshit. Why not? That's literally it. <laughs> Just I don't deserve to. You, yeah. you're, you're being like promoters I really, I really in this country now. Can I tell you why actually it was? There's another guy also edited out of their podcast. It was a white guy that like he was missing teeth and stuff and got into an accident, but he was to perform comedy that night. Oh, and 80, he, yes. Yeah, and he came and he just was stupid. And I was just like, he just gave such a bad name for white people that I just took you out of that as well. Just, just so like, this is guilty by association. Yeah, I was almost like Bob needs to apologize for his people. <laughs> I apologize for my people all Thank the time, you. man. Um, yeah, so look at you being a gatekeeper, hey? I don't want to speak about that. You don't want to speak about no, that? No, I don't want to speak about it. It's just like it's the most boring conversation to me now. I guess you've had it a few times now. Yeah, I'm just like every single person is like when they see me, firstly, it's like they see like someone they haven't seen in a long time. So... The, like, I think people, I didn't know that I died in my own industry. I was just like, I was just like, I didn't know there was a funeral for me and stuff like that. So when people see me like, oh, what do you mean? You're still alive. I thought you were dead. Do you feel like you became a bit of a pariah over the last two years or so? I feel like a pariah, but I mean, like, I feel like you can also make yourself a pariah. And do you feel like you've made yourself a pariah then? Or do you think it's a combination? I think it's a combination of bullies and people not being able to respond to an argument or respond to an opinion it's i always find it weird that uh like some people are uh, some people are meant to have opinions but others they, aren't and no others aren't and it's, it's weird because someone said i was doing this interview and someone said yeah, it all day, depends on your level of fame yeah yeah and they're, they're talking about opinions and then i was just like yeah but you know they're like it doesn't matter because uh, all opinions are just opinions i was like mm, yeah but opinions are you know if you had a if your opinion was like murder is legal <laughs> and then my opinion was like it's illegal. One of you is correct. One there. of yeah, one of us is correct there, you know. So I just like sometimes I find people's opinions shit, and like and everybody has an opinion, but I feel like in our industry it can be swayed so easily. Yeah, and I also feel like in our industry your opinion can um, really put a target on your back. <laughs> like, I don't know. Well, I've found by podcasting, by Niels and my podcast. Uh, by seeing stuff that you've done and said and stuff over the years, there really does seem to be a culture of shut the fuck up. This yeah. isn't for you to talk about. This isn't, if you're a smaller comic, if you're someone who's not, you know, on the top level making all the big bucks, then you don't really get to have an opinion. And if you do get to have an opinion, then you don't get gigs. 
it's like Warren used to have this blog years ago Warren Robson yeah I remember <laughs> he used to just tell people start your own blog if you which is true so I, was like, I mean I literally did yeah it was like so people like start your own podcast I mean also at the same time you <laughs> that podcast that you and Neil uh, Neil recorded it was fuck funny there were some funny moments in it yeah I thought we said a lot of cool stuff and we've had why did you stop it well, no, we're still doing the podcast. It's just a matter of scheduling and stuff. But oh, okay. we've definitely not going in as hard on the, the truth you, anymore. Can I tell you how how I know only comedians listen to that podcast and no one else? <laughs> Trust me, I know as well. Neil Green works for East Coast Radio. Literally spoke shit about <laughs> Dion Governor, who also works at East yep, Coast Radio. And then takes photos with them. Like and no one at East Coast Radio gave a fuck. <laughs> Yeah, East Coast are just happy he's doing a podcast, but I don't think they listen to it. There we go. Nah, but... <laughs> there we go. We Yeah, that's the thing. We have... In put it in contrasting, right? I did listen on Somebody's at your festival. Yeah. I spoke about Dion Governor there. I had that podcast of, with Jack Aranda. They had, like, what we had a deal going on. So is this just a subtle humble brag here that no. your podcast is listened to and ours isn't? Yeah, well, basically. <laughs> I can tell you about the numbers. <laughs> I'm confident. But I'm just like... the. Diane McPherson, who works at East Coast Radio, that's heading up the digital side of Jacaranda stuff, right? Okay. Listen to my podcast. There's some you can't say that about Dion. And then I no longer have a podcast on Jacaranda. Um, guys, in this discussion with Bob, clearly because he has no, he hasn't really even introduced me on his own podcast. Well, you get introduced in the preamble. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, also, people know who you are. People are listening to us because they know you, not because they know me. I always struggle with that thing. I actually, I'm actually started thinking that. Less people know me these days than ever before. Well, you haven't been on TV in a while. You're not putting out as many podcasts. You're not really rabble-rousing as much. What are you doing? Living. <laughs> Living. You know how many fun and wonderful things there are to do in a day? I was speaking to a couple of, uh, like, uh, Eric Janssen. Eric Janssen came to the bakery. I hang out at my friend's bakery every single day, right? And he's just like, yo, I want to do something else other than a comedy while I still do comedy and stuff. I was like, yeah, you can. He's like, what? I was just like, well, what do you want to do? And he wanted to do some acting. So I hooked him up with uh, this agency, Gaynor, right? And then, um, I've, but I told him, and like I tell lots of people, there's so many things that you can do in a day. Yep. Comedy is like the smallest amount of them. Well, I mean, it depends. You could spend more time writing depending on who you are. Yeah, but some people aren't good. The vast majority of comedians aren't good writers. There's actually a handful of us that's, that are actually really, that's really actually good. That's actually pretty true. I used, to, I used to worry about like a new wave of comedians coming and being better than like an old wave and actually what it is is just like you get a new wave and there'll be three or four people that are really really funny and so then do you think south african comedians are better like at their onstage personas than they are at writing their jokes or are they good at off the cuff stuff what do you mean by that because like there are some comedians that i watch when they're on stage i'm like yeah this guy's good on stage but i don't connect with the material as much put it like this right um people People like they'll be fans of me, right? But they'll be fans of me regardless of what I say on stage, whatever I write and stuff. I've got a few people like that, yeah. Yeah, but I mean in the sense that I know the, the stuff that I write and want to perform, which is different than other people's stuff. Oh wait, let me try to give it a better analogy. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm gonna relate to what you say, cause yeah, I'm just like there's there's a lot of shit comedians out there. But the fact that people still remember me in a comedy club and will put me on in a comedy club means that I've made enough of an impression go, okay, that guy is quality. 
You think so? Yeah. You think it's a, just because your quality, like, is there no other aspects? Because you're saying there's people that are shit that get the same slots as you. Yeah, but I mean, you have to fill so up a lineup somehow. <laughs> you do. Or you can do what other people do, or like what I do is just like, I'll just do my own shows. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't care much for lineups. Actually, you know what I want to, yeah, I'm kind of getting into that spot as well because well, you when you, when, no, because the thing is, when you do like comedy, like we do, even though we're very different in yeah. our styles and stuff, but. I'm also, like, my style's very different to what even anyone else does on a night. I'm going to, I've got different style of, like, just telling my jokes yeah. in comparison. Because everyone else is a bit more, hey, how are you? And I'm just kind of a standard deliver kind of guy yeah. a lot of the time. And not just a punny standard deliver kind of guy. And so I find myself, yeah, like, feeling awkward on lineups and feeling like I'm not connecting as well as if I could just get my audiences. I don't care about lineups. I don't care about lineups. Bob, why are you sweating so much? Because it's fucking hot. Bro, it, it is not that hot here. Yeah. I am, we, we are in an aircon exclusive box. Yeah, it's the coffee and just maybe in general. Body, maybe your body's not used to a few podcasting or maybe your body's not oh, used to Oh, my body to not me. used to co- podcasting. <laughs> you see, as a, I'm as getting an allergic reaction to you, Sammy. As a, how do I say this? As a pioneer. As of the podcasting me. industry Which in South Africa. Do you know how many emails I get from people saying, hey, can you help me set up an RSS feed? Or, hey, I want to get into podcast. I get so many. Cool. I'm going to be doing a live read for Anchor that's probably going to be at the end of this. So if you want to start podcasting, listen to the live read at the end of this. How does that Anchor thing work? You just upload your thing and they put it everywhere. Fuck, man. I wish I did that because I'm trying to get my thing on Spotify. Well, yeah, they submit it for you. Like Yeah, but I've already submitted it via SoundCloud. Okay. Well, I mean, it should... Like Spotify generally, like it takes a week or so. Oh, okay. I'll Apple was the one that took way longer. I'm already on Apple. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, Spotify is pretty dope. I find that's where I get most of the listens for this podcast from. Well, I should try that. Yeah. I mean, it's because most people these days have like the Spotify app on their phone. They have yeah. it on, and, you know, the being able to yeah go all over. But yeah, man. So what I actually wanted to know is how the fuck did you build your audience? Because you have been this outsider a lot of the time. And, you know, your podcast, you know, off the bat had a decent listenership. I mean, was it from TV and doing comedy and stuff before? Mm. Or did the podcast, itself, was it radio? Was it a combination of everything? Because you're one of the few people who actually has like a legit fan base, but it's not based off of, you know, lots of TV or, you know, stuff like that. I don't think it's radio, so I can cancel that one out, right? Um, I do think um, I did it. I did. I appealed to a Muslim market for a long period of time before, uh, and a, y- a younger Muslim market, not yeah. not like their parents and yeah, stuff. Yeah, slightly more work. Yeah. So uh, I I brought a vast majority of young Muslims to my sh- to my shows because I was also their age or, or they were a bit younger at the time. So I was like my mid twenties when I realized I had a pretty big market with Muslim people. And I also, I think it's also a combination of I was managed by Osman Osman at the time. And he also had a big Muslim database. So it, it was easy for me to promote and get fans that way. And he's also just got big gigs, like in general. He does the yeah, Kings, yeah, and, Queens Kings and, and Queens and stuff. But I mean, like other than that, like, so he, when we went down to Durban, I did those five nights. Remember you had opened for me yeah, like yeah. two, three years at ago? The yeah, at the Playhouse, yeah. Playhouse, it was right? a really dope gig. Yeah, so. I love that room. The first night was a lot of people from university. A lot of, because I did a two-for-one special or something like that. Yeah, I remember the night we yeah. did, there was actually quite a few older people there. Yeah, there were a few older people The weekend there. nights, yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, so I'd, I think it's that. And, uh, and I also think it's, 
Um, so you think you were relatable to a younger audience of uh, Muslims? Yeah, yeah, so of you Muslims, were, so you were relating to them, essentially. Yeah, but I also realized that through them, because we had the same mindset, we were just like, we were, we were much more diverse than what our, like, all the bigoted cousins or uncles or aunts were. Yeah. Um, so we would have friends of color or different types of friends that may not just be Muslim. And then I appealed, to, uh, I did that. So like when I was doing Lesson on Somebody, the show, when I was working it out at the beginning of March, um, I just remember looking up at the audience and there was, I had people from journalism there, like Nicholas Bau and all these other journalists. And I had like people like Mike Sharman from Retroviral. I had Jacob Mashoko from 947. And I had- and These are all a, very influential people. I just had a, a lovely diverse crowd of Muslim people and people that weren't Muslim, but all in the same uh, kind of LSM in youth bracket. Sure. Um, and I think it's also because... You might be the only comedian, like not a promoter, that uses the word LSM. Yeah, but it's also a thing that I have to realize. So like when I make a show, I go, okay, cool. I want to put on the show to people, but how do I get people there that can afford it? Because I, certain people won't be able to afford 350 rand a ticket, but maybe yeah. they'll support, they'll afford 150 rand a ticket. And I also know, and I think this is also contributed to the reason why I know my fans, is that I know the LSM of my fans. I know what my fans like. So, for example, well, have you polled them? No, I you can just ju look. If I look at the, I just look at the data on my Facebook page or my SoundCloud page. And I can tell you the people that listen to my podcast, sixty-five percent of them are Apple users, and the other thirty-five, but and the other yeah, thirty-five percent are Android users. If I go to so my you know iTunes account, yeah, if I go to my iTunes and I look at that data, I can tell you out of those sixty-five percent, how many of them have iPhone Xs, iPhone Eights, iPhone Sevens. None of them have iPhone Fives. So, so I can really tell you that my So you know LSM everyone there is making more than 10 grand a month. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you the LSM. So you start, once you work out what your market is, but now you have to understand in South Africa that we have all these different types of markets and we have like a new emerging market. So like you look at, there's such a big gap between we'll get, LSM We'll 7, get to that new emerging market. Yeah, and yeah. LSM 7 and someone that's like LSM 4. You know, there's like, we don't have a massive middle class. We have, you either very rich or you're poor. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I happen to appeal to a very high LSM group of people. So do you not think you appeal to poor people? I probably do, but like if I want, I would love to go to Soweto Theatre and do like what Skulk does, where it's like one rand a ticket. Yeah. You know, I'd love to do that. But I'm just like, okay, there's, you know, no one benefits from that personally for me. I was just like, booking the theatre is already 3,500 rand. Then it'd be like, but you get to do the show. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I'm just like, I also, like I was telling you before the podcast, I'm paying for parkade flooring now in my house. No, I want nice things, but I think I will do it because I want to get the show out more and want to do more of that show. Yeah, because I mean, one-man shows are a strange beast because like some people do their one-man shows for like three years straight, but they only do like five of them, you know, do it five times over that course of period. Other people do their one-man show for two weeks and then that's it done. So what's your plan with yours? Like, how, what do you think the longevity of a one-man show is? Like, I don't know. I, just, I feel like it should be enough time for you to tour something. Um, but like and unfortunately, here we don't have a lot of rooms to tour. Yeah. Also, as comedians, we're very bad at admin. So we, just, we go, okay, Durban, Cape Town, Johannesburg. And then we go like, okay, cool. I don't think I can do Joburg Theatre. I'll do Pop Art, which is, which is a cool theatre. But I mean, like, does it attract your LSM? I know personally, if I did Pop Art, none of my fans will come there. Why? On the, on road, on the street parking? In town? You must be mad, guys. Okay. These are things I don't think about. Yeah, but I do. So, like, remember when we did Playhouse? You know yep. the, the biggest complaints I got was not the jokes, was not the comedy, was not the price. Was the parking. Was, yeah, was the parking. 
I had more people after the show come up to because you know I'm also very friendly with my fans. Yeah. Like I don't look at them as fans. I was like, yo, if you want to. Well, speak, I was gonna say, yeah, that word fans. Like, I like. I what is that? Like, what is that like? Out. Like having fans. I always cheat them. I mean, because pe- like I've got I people who appreciate my work, but I don't think I've got any fans. I look at everybody as an opportunity to speak to, and become friends with. So yeah. I look at all my fans as my friends. I do. That's what I want them to be. So like we were walking over here and there was that Lint store. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, I wanted to speak to those people because I enjoy speaking to the people. We came here to the exclusive books to the Seattle. I wanted to speak to this guy. You heard him. He said, I think I know you from somewhere. Yeah. And I'm just like, nah, you don't know me from somewhere. <laughs> but, I yeah, like, I but I want to speak to you. So I enjoy speaking to people. Listen, people listening to this don't know, but walking around with you can be pretty entertaining because you do just start random conversations with people. Yeah, and I love doing that. And so I recently had this, I was, I was at my friend's bakery again and I was sleeping on the couch was tired from god knows fucking what and i get woken up by this girl and she's like hey simmy and i'm like yeah she's like oh i'm so sorry to disturb you i'm such a fan can i take a photo and i'm just like <laughs> yeah okay wiping my eyes and stuff and then i was like wait hold on a second before we take this photo sit down i made her sit down we had coffee she had a boyfriend with so i was just like okay let's finish up this coffee quickly then uh and then took a photo with them i mean like but so like i never really look at them as fans i just want people to be friends is like i said earlier on as well when i put when i make a show i go what must i charge for my friends to come over here and have a good time with their friends yeah. and for me to make enough money for me to at least pay my bond or buy something nice so my f- so it's a, just a cycle okay. of my friends that's also me. an interesting thing you just said there pay your bond are you mm. paying your bond off of comedy yeah <laughs> you are what one of like 20 people maybe in the country doing that I think there's more. Just people just don't talk about... uh, As comedians in this country, we don't like speaking about how we make our money. That's true, because most of it's not from comedy. Yeah, it's uh, it's the only country in the world where you can be a comedian, but you do everything else. Yeah, what's the only country? I'm on radio, and I'm on TV, and I do this, and I do that, and I'm in an advertising agency, and I'm I'm a film director, and I was like, yeah, but... but And then we go, but can you please put your job title on the form? Comedian. Okay. But <laughs> but that's not the thing the that you're paying you, tax yeah. on, is it? Yeah, it's like, like oh, I'm a producer or oh, I'm a show events manager. That's weird, though, because, I mean, like, um, on one of the previous podcasts, I was chatting to Louis de Villiers, and he was saying, like, when he was in America, what was dope about that was, like, people would say what they did artistically as the thing that they do, and their job was just, like, a throwaway thing. It's like, oh, no, that's just the thing I do during the day, but I'm an, actually an artist and stuff. And I feel like, you know, South African comedians are kind of like that. You know, a lot of comedians are... You know, not making a lot of money out of this probably costs them more to do gigs a lot of the time. I'm speaking from mm-hmm. experience. And, you I'll know. Tell you one thing. Yeah. I don't like speaking on behalf of South African comedians because I know they live a different life to me. Yeah, lots of people. Well, there's so many different levels well, in this. Well, firstly, I have a car. Yeah, that's yeah. very different to and most secondly, of us. Yeah, I have a house. That's very different to most of us. <laughs> and so <laughs> my set of problems is different to theirs. But so do you, but do you then. So then this actually kind of brings up the thing of the is there a disconnect then between the people at the top and the people at the bottom like the people like because that's what i'm finding is there's not as much understanding of like what it takes to be an up-and-coming comedian these days how hard it can be like i feel like people who have made it now you know think that it's as easy as they had it maybe or just i don't know i don't know where i'm getting I don't know. This, to be honest. Uh, you know in Insta- on instagram right i have a friend and she's very big on Instagram. She has like 300,000 followers, right? The reason is because she was an early adopter. Yeah. She was one of the first few people to have Instagram in South Africa. So that's when 
any new South African joined, they would follow her, right? And if you look at older comedians, much more established comedians, they were early adopters to yeah. it. Right? They were the first to pioneer a way into it. Yeah. So and of some of that was very good. Yeah, some of it. No, but uh, I mean, it's still very good because they pioneered a way for it. So if it wasn't for the likes of Riyadh, yeah. I wouldn't have... Uh, I wouldn't have found a small part of my audience with Riyadh. Well, yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for like stuff like the Piermanati show, yeah, like stuff, the Factory uh, yeah, show, like stuff like that. Yeah. Like, so you go, okay, cool. They're early adopters. So of course they'll have the vast, amar- uh, vast majority of fans. And then you get enigmas that come through where people's talent really shine and be like, oh, I'm a fan of them. We've, I don't know why, like as African comedians, we treat each other like Premier League teams <laughs> where we just must be competitive all the time. Yep. Like one of us needs to be relegated every year, yeah. every season. and. I'm just like, I don't understand the competitiveness. And also I understand why people want to hang on with comedians all the time. We have, everybody sounds the same. Yep. This is the big issue that, well, I mean, we discuss this sometimes. Like yeah, I was just like, I, was just, I always tell people like, yo, we hang out with other people. And I'm not the funniest comedian in the country, but nor am I the funniest person with my friends. Who's the funniest, per- who's the funniest comedian in Eugene the country? Eugene Koza. Eugene Koza. Yeah. Then, you guys are good friends though. Is there, is there no bias there? Nah. He's legit. Uh, you'd struggle and to find someone that doesn't agree. And has he helped you with your career? Have you guys helped each other with careers? Because like I don't well, know you your guys' story. Because I know well, you guys you had a really tight bond for a while, but publicly it doesn't. You're not as um, hyping each other up as much anymore. Well, I'm not doing as many gigs. Yeah, but okay. also he's my friend. I mean, yeah. comedians only comedians would think that you need to be friends with the person. You must hype them up. No, I know, but there was the, today. there was just that period where you guys were like hyping each other for a while. Together, guys. Yeah. I mean, come on, that's. That's such a, a silly, that's such an illogical assumption to make. So I'm just like, firstly, Eugene and I are very good friends. It has nothing to do with comedy. If I, I'm speaking to him about Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> that's what I'm speaking to him about. I spoke to him the day before about getting a rain SIM card because of the data the deals. Data deals These yeah. are not conversations that most comedians, when I see you, right? You and I are friends, but we speak more about comedy than we do about anything else. A lot of the time, but it's because I like to pick your brain about stuff. Yeah, but I'm just like, I know you. I know more things about Bob Perfect outside of comedy than Bob probably knows about me outside of comedy. Uh, Maybe. Probably. Okay, yeah. No, I know it because when I said, are you staying in Kempton Park? That's where your mother stays, right? Well, she uh, stays uh, in the uh, east. It's yeah, not actually Kempton uh, Park. Okay, cool. <laughs> but I was just like, I knew kind of where the area was. <laughs> then I was just like, you only found out where I stayed the other day. In fact, you can't even well, remember. I can't, but I don't, don't know where anyone stays. But I do remember roughly where you stayed because the last time where you picked me up from was nearby there. And that was... See, I don't even remember where I was the last time because Joburg's got like 30 different fucking suburbs yeah, so in I'm the space like, of five meters. I'm like, I know so much more about you. I know that your girlfriend takes wonderful photos and she sells those photos. Yeah, but you also hide your girlfriends from the public. So I don't know I anything <laughs> about... I, I try to chat to you about your girlfriends. I try to chat to you about these things. About. Exactly, that's the thing. I try... I tr- you, that's also... The thing is you can be a little mysterious motherfucker I, I you do try very well exactly so you can't say that i don't know as much about you when you're not as revealing as i am but i don't this, but if you ask me a question i would always give you an answer it's like i just i know that uh, the one thing that i do very well is i compartmentalize everybody and everything because i prefer wow. it that way i prefer it that way but I just, why like, do you I prefer s- it that way? i think some of my friends can't hang out with my other friends i just <laughs> think they'll they won't match it's like oil and fire maybe they just won't get along that's why when it's my birthday, I have many birthday parties. <laughs> I don't just have a dinner where everybody's involved. It's not like that. I like compartmentalizing things and I also like having a lot of space. I got into a fight with a girl just the other day because I said, yo, what if we're together? And then one day after like we're hanging out, uh, we're hanging out a bit, I'm like, yeah, I want to hang out by myself for three hours. And she got upset. 
Well, I mean, she might have felt a bit slighted by that. Yes, that she, no, she did. But I'm also, I also realized that how I don't understand social cues as well as I used to. What's caused that? Is it the lack of hanging out with people? <laughs> is it be by becoming a recluse, you're losing your ability to socialize? Yeah, maybe. Or just like, you get so used to doing, uh, working things out your own way. Yeah. Right? So you just like, so you always think that your answer is the correct answer. And then when someone's like, yo, that's emotionally uh, not good. <laughs> you're like, oh, I guess. <laughs> but like, you, you've managed to deal with it. So it was just so, so like when, okay, my mom hates it when we'll go for like lunch and then I jump up, I'll pay the bill and then I'll be like, gotta go. She's like, but we can still go shopping and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, I didn't plan for shopping. She's like, yeah, but you said you planned to have to spend time with me. I was like, yeah, and we had coffee. I spent time with you. Now I'm going. She's like, what are you going to do? Read a book. Do you think you've become a bit harsher, like as you've gotten older? On like, what? Well, just more blunt, I guess. I think I come from a very privileged space for where I'm I can be afforded to be blunt. And how does that feel? Like, I mean, knowing that you come from a privileged space to do that. It's fine. Do you not feel like that maybe you're taking advantage of that space then? Because other people no. don't get it? Like, Well, no. I can only deal with the tools that I've been given. Sure. Unfortunately, I didn't choose that my mother was going to be a doctor. I didn't choose that she was going to earn the money. But I can also, A, accept my privilege, recognize my privilege, never throw it in people's faces. But it also provides me with a platform where every night when I go home, I know that... I am still protected, you know, which is okay. not a word, but I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. I can, I, if, for example, I can get into an argument with a person that I don't like and lose opportunities, but still have my, my principles and not swallow my pride and not, like, to I don't have to pander to them because I can go home, I'll sit down, I can hang with my dad, I can hang with my mom, and they'll die one day, but I mean, like, at the same time, I can sit at home and be like, okay, cool. I no longer work with this person. Let me find another way. I've, I've got a support system yep. that allows me to be confident with the things that I say. That being said, I'm not going out to upset people all the yep. time. Like, I but would you're less worried if what oh, you yeah, say I'm upsets someone. You see, this before. actually brings up an interesting parallel because I'm the kind of the exact opposite. Like, I don't have... I've got my own privileges, mm. you know, being a white male. But in terms of that, I've never had that security. I've never had that. And so it's always been this weird thing for me of like, in the back of my mind, like I'm like, you probably shouldn't say this if you'd like to make more money. But then I'm always like, but what's your actual opinion? What's the truth here? What's, what do you really believe here? I think and that's, that's my guiding principle a lot of the time. It's also because to me, I've got more of a responsibility to myself and the audience. Like whichever audience it is, but I always want to be honest with them. And so I always want to give them my Boring. Just true lie opinion them, dog. nah fuck that dude too many I people lie to them. people too many people lie dude that's the problem I like, lie to them I'm sure <laughs> you do I, like, I lie to my audience all the time I mean I lie in my jokes like oh, that's no, for I, sure I told them the other day that I uh, my sister died why would you do that well because the concept for death for me is if someone literally physically dies or if they get married uh, okay so I was just like yo man <laughs> It's been a good 27 years I've had my sister around, which is gone So she joined, she joined the 27 Club, eh? Yeah, she's gone now. She's, they're just like... And people were solemn about it. And I was like, oh, sorry, I forgot to tell you, she's getting married, she's not ready. No. And yeah. they're like, shit, thank God. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, so I don't... Um, I try not to... Like, can I tell you the one thing I do regret in my career? Okay. I regret not focusing on money earlier. Really? Yeah. I regret like having the starry-eyed view on stand-up comedy and not the view of yo I'm here to make Zach 
if you're in my way, get out of it. I'm here to make Fuck sound. Fuck you, man. Like, this, Bro, is, this is exactly what Bo Burnham was singing about on Art is Dead. I was just like, if I, if I thought of Zuck earlier on, I would never be speaking to you over here in this fucking exclusive book. <laughs> I would be fucking jiving, dog. No, well, as, as long as you can make that Zuck and then I could be your opening act, I'll be happy. Hey, bro, you can. I told you, but I've always said you can always open for me. I have no problem with you opening. Yeah, you're one of the few people. You're one of the few person. people that I'll offer that to anyway. Yeah. Like, I, like I don't <laughs> want to open for people. I'm just like, yo, you're a funny person. You're the reason why I went down and did a whole festival. And I had a jive at that festival. It was dope. It was I had a very j- and you. There, there were some things about it that really frustrated me, but. But I, I mean, you also handled a lot of things in a remarkable way. Like, I can just say for me, before you talk about other comedians, yeah. I was just like, I am a very pedantic person about how many people buy tickets and how many people come to the show. And it's <laughs> like quarter to eight. And I look into the Winston and there's fuck all people there. And I literally go up to you and I was like, Bob. There's no one here. And you literally said, yo, give it time. And when I went to start the show, I think there were about like 40 or 50 people there, yeah. you know? And it grew to like 60, so. Yeah, but you also like stressed the fuck out before your I shows. I do stress out before my shows. Like, because you don't just stress out, you stress the fuck out. Yeah, I do because I want everything to go so well. Like uh, Nadim at the bakery, right? Because that's where I do a lot. I test a lot of my jokes out there because it's a lovely and venue. Is that, is that where we're doing our two-man? Yeah, we'll do our two-man there. Cool. Uh, and I was just like, you know, the day of the show, and I walk into the venue at like 7, the show's starting at 8, there's four people. <laughs> and I go sit at the back and I'm just like yo I don't know what's going on over here and he's like he's like why do you stress at 7 o'clock if your show's at 8 and at quarter past 8 there's 60 people there sitting eating burgers having a good time and sometimes maybe cause, and that's what I said sometimes it was with your show I knew there would be people there there are other ones where it's like you know <laughs> there's definitely times at the Winston where I get there and like I want to kill myself because it is that thing of just what the fuck am I doing this for I'm here every week yeah. there's five people you know there's more comedians than audience members you know <laughs> is this I really mean, worthwhile and then people throw stuff in my face all the fucking time as soon as they get like, like a little bit bigger yeah. you guys in Durban are the funniest comedians ever <laughs> I just want to be added to whatsapp groups that have Durban comedians uh, I just <laughs> nah dude I've just been removing all can the drama full people to- can I have comps <laughs> <laughs> no bro please can you buy tickets no I want my fucking comps Bob oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah you, you were in the group for the yeah for yeah, the, the, co- the, the, the festival, festival where, so where one straight up just said you know fuck your <laughs> yeah, festival I'm not coming to perform because you won't give me comps <laughs> Which it's is like you're getting reason. it's like you're getting paid yeah <laughs> like you're getting paid money but also just like yo man the tickets are like 20 bucks yeah they were very cheap so like, like jive a bit because that's also the thing like I understand the LSM like I'm trying to appeal to because for me it is also about like trying to appeal to well not appeal to as many people but provide something for as many people as possible to enjoy so yeah I don't want to price anyone out but yeah. I also understand the idea of setting a premium uh, yeah. gives people a perception yeah. so if you charge 100 bucks people think they're gonna get a good, good show, show yeah. whereas you could do the exact same show for 50 bucks and yeah. you might get less people there yeah. like we actually kind of had this for next gen over the course of last weekend it was a free show and it's the worst that next gen's been the whole year yeah. when it's a hundred rand <laughs> it's yeah. packed yeah don't, don't so I mean, we're talking about the same stuff, but you were talking about a new m- emerging market in South Africa. What, what we, what do you mean by that? I can't even remember what the. Uh, that was sorry. Yeah, that was just for now. Like you were saying, like, ah, uh, fuck. Like, do you see that there's new comics, new markets, or like, what? Where do you see like the industry, man? Like, and not just the industry in terms of the comedians, but in terms of the audience. I think um, everybody's struggling for money. Yeah, that is 
That is, and anybody that tells you differently is lying to you. I think some people are struggling less and they're making way more, but well, they no, also increase like, their well, costs. Well, let's put it like this. Like, Bonang uh, has a very expensive lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So she would struggle for money if she doesn't make her 200, 300,000 a month. Whereas some people struggle for money and they don't make 3,000 a month. You yeah. know? So I'm just like, people's lifestyles are different. But the vast majority of the industry, I think, is waiting to earn more. And do you think they ever will? Or like, do you think know. there's that potential? Where do you see the future of this shit, man? Because you're still doing it. Like, I, I mean, know. I know you're like disillusioned with stuff, but... I don't know. I just... Uh, I want everybody, if you decide that you want to make money, you can. If you don't want to, then also, that's fine. I don't think anyone doesn't want to make money. No, like there are people that want to be, that don't want to make money. They just want to do the club gigs and that's, and they're cool with that. And they, or they think, or at least they think the formula is, if I do the, I do open spots at the clubs, I then, yo, look how pretty that girl is though for a second. I'm not Ooh, looking at anyone. Yeah, so you look back second time, dog. You look back a second time. Would she look time. at you? Yeah, would cool. she look directly into my eyes? Yeah, I've, yeah I, don't, I really don't need to look at other girls. Like, people look at my girlfriend when we're walking. Okay, why do you have to keep on showing off Cause, about cause your girlfriend, I've, dog? I've even got jokes about it. I've got a hot-ass girlfriend, dog. Bro, why, are you, why do you have to do that? Because she's very hot. You know how I know she's hot? Because people congratulate me all I the fucking time. The I literally, I will be, I will be at a shopping center, and people will be like, "Is that your girlfriend?" And I'll be like, "Yes," and they will congratulate me. I, w- I congratulated you for like a solid year, doc. Everyone does. Can I tell you <laughs> like, but she's an amazing person, and that's what irritates me. It's like, yes, she is pretty, but like, come on, man, she's just dope as fuck. I wouldn't be with her if she was just pretty. It's been four years. Can I tell you how funny what <laughs> when I did my show at your festival, you yeah. guys were fighting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it was so weird because. <laughs> you were both at this f- at my show. She was taking photos of my show. Yeah, and you were just running it. And then I was like, "Yo, man, here's the money for Paige." And, she's, and she, you're like, "Okay, I'll give it to her, but we're not speaking right now because." If <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, huh? "What?" Yeah, <laughs> we've we've had some fights. <laughs> um, I can't remember what I was saying, but um, uh, you were saying that there was a hot girl walking no, past. Before that. But before that, we were talking about the future, and you were talking about people see oh, yeah, club gigs, open spots of the club yeah, gigs. Yeah, so and then people think the formula is like I do open spots, and then I get become an intermediate spot, and then I get booked for these club shows. Well, that I is m- that is what money. we're sold. Wait, and then I get I earn money from these clubs, and then from these clubs, people see me for corporates, and they book me for corporates, and then I do corporate comedy. But corporate comedy is kind of the goal here, isn't it? Well, <laughs> Which is what's sad. What, it's what for the money. I was speaking to Ryan when I was in Durban last, and Ryan Hardeth, yeah, and we were, I was just we both we both agree that there, there's there's a there's a growing comedy contingent where the ceiling in South Africa is just too small for them because if you want to focus on your craft, you want yeah. to focus on your craft. You don't want to focus on on corporates. That's why I have no problem with people doing corporates. I mean, I know I do the odd corporate here and there, and I'm so picky with them. But like, there's I'm only trying to find a way that someone else somewhere in the future can replicate. Some other young kid that'll come at some point to be like, yo, I also face these problems. I would have faced the problems and find solutions to them. There's many ways to climb a mountain. I don't necessarily want to climb the mountain that involves the way of corporates and yep. going to clubs. You see, but this is why when I do talk to you, because also we don't get to hang out as much like because different cities. Yeah, and, also and that's why I don't like, like you as a person sometimes. You, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Same though, motherfucker. I think you're a fucking dickhead sometimes. I'm sometimes. Like Same but though. But you every single time I come that's to ironic coming from time, you. Every single time I, I come to Durban 
fuck, bro. I always have to WhatsApp you because I'm just like, yo, where the party at, though? Yeah, and I don't fucking know anymore. <laughs> bro, you did invite me to a cool-ass Halloween party, though. That thing was legit. Which Halloween party? The oh, one yes, that house, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, uh, the gentrifier's house, yes. Oh, okay. Is that <laughs> a name? Yo, that was a well, dope-ass party, bro. They had, like, seven performing acts. They had, like... Yeah, these kids, the DJs, the, yeah, DJs, all these kids like doing Shaka Zulu type <laughs> of impersonation. Okay, so, th- so there was that one night that I knew where the party still was, but these days I don't really... You're lying. I know you're lying because you're a liar. <laughs> That's the main thing. Did you not just hear me just now saying that I'm all about that honesty thing? Yeah, but I know you're a liar. Mm. You see, you're becoming commercial. You just don't realize it. I'm bec- uh, I kind you of don't know where the parties are? That's the first thing of someone that's becoming commercial that doesn't care because they're earning enough money to not know where the parties are. I'm definitely not earning enough you money. You don't run your blog as frequently as you used to? Well, no, it's sh- I shut it down. You shut down Devin is yours? Yes. I'll buy that thing off you. Okay, we can chat. Okay, let's I mean, go. Yeah, I mean, if the, we've got decent, like social media shit so why don't you put this podcast on there um because i'm gonna be starting a new website oh my gosh bob what are you in 2003 again no no um, one cares about what websites being started apps baby it's all about the apps no no one cares about apps being started anymore oh my gosh have you heard of this app called uber i have heard of this app called uber yeah yeah cool so can you watch stand-up comedy on uber can you can you you can you read my blog on uber No one wants to read your shitty blog, Bob. People, that's that's where Bob, you're wrong. The first, that's the where first you're wrong. That's all the of your blogs. Uh, no one wants to read your shitty. Which blog, Which is weird Bob. because someone literally just read it to write that, and that's the thing. That's where I know the stats, oh. and I know I'm read. I know I'm very well read in this country, I that and that's the reason why I get hired to write. Like <laughs> people read my shit. You also write about Magic the Gathering, so no, I don't. No fucking cares about that. Bob. I don't write Bob, about Magic the Gathering. Your but life is shit, and it is if pretty it wasn't shit for your girlfriend. That's true. We wouldn't have anything to congratulate <laughs> you about. <laughs> Fuck you. I've, I've got a whole entire <laughs> fucking comedy festival that I started on my ace. Oh, okay. And I featured on a Jaden Daniels song, so. Oh, I love that kid so much, dog. Yeah, Jaden's the shit. I love that kid so much. Yeah. So why, why, are you, yeah, why are you coming at me here, dog? I just like teasing you, Bob. I know. I tease the ones I love the most. Yeah, apparently you're meant to roast the ones you love, but uh, judging by the South African <laughs> like roasts, that's not true. Hey, shame. I just can I can I say one thing? Yeah. The last rose battle, right? She was my friend Eric Hansen. Yeah. I hope he listens to this. Yo, he died so hard in that thing. <laughs> Jesus, I fell for that child. And he beat me in the first one, but this one, ish. And I can I tell you where it hurt me even more? Were I you in the rose battle? The first one. I didn't do the second. But season. that that is honestly the one thing I really want a slot on because that's where I feel just like I can. Speak to the guys from Comedy Central. I don't know who speaks about it. We'll chat after this because literally just email somebody at Comedy Central or just like you go to their Twitter feed and say, "Hey, admin, please follow me." And then the admin will. They follow do follow you. me already, I think. Yeah, and then you drop them a DM going, "Hey." I'm a Durban comedian. I'd like to be part of this thing in the future. Yeah, because I mean, I saw the AKA roasters coming. I was just like, dad. Oh, AKA roast th- like, dad would be my dream, dog. Oh, like, I, I could write a book of roast for that dude. Like, just because, like, I, love I appreciate his music, yeah. But his personality, that whole. Like, I love his personality. No, as well. the dude fucking watches too much wrestling, dude. I love his personality. He watches too much wrestling. He's playing the heel, like, thing far yeah, too much. Yeah, but I love his personality. It's like. Like, his real personality is probably pretty dope. I hear he's a very nice guy, but his online personality is just this, like, it's just this meme thing. It's just this. He's very good at, like, that's what he's smart at. I want to do that. I mean, you kind of have done that, though, like, over the years. Like, at times, you were a little bit more incendiary, like. I feel like I still am, but it's like I said, it's because I. uh, But now no one's listening to you. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. But, but people are going to be seeing you pretty soonish on TV. Yeah, January 21st on Channel 103. 
um, lesson on somebody premieres on Mnet and DSTV and Showmax and stuff like that. And what is lesson on somebody? Because I heard it was a podcast, but well, lesson on somebody's is the podcast. Mm, okay, this lesson on somebody is just the name of my one-man show uh, that I, rec- I recorded in the most independent way, recorded by myself. Edited by myself. Did you do the edit? Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> I did the edit because I saw the biggest problem when I watched like some of the stand-up that's shot, right? Is that the edit is horrible. Like they yep. never watched like overseas stand-up, like a good show, and then been li- and found other angles to to get the shots. Like we, they always use like this super wide shot or super close-up shot, and like they yeah, t- you can use different angles. Yeah, you can and they interchange it like every minute thirty, whereas you should interchange it like during every line of the sets up and stuff it's like so I watched it and I was just like cool I'm gonna edit it this way and my friend Junaid because um, he did the physical recording of it and he did the physical editing I was just like use this angle use this angle but I kept on so you were in the, the editing editor. room yeah all See, the time yeah that's important I mean I'm actually I still the, bro I was in the sound room recording r- recording the sound because I was just like we recorded the sound of my zoom recorder which I used my podcast for yeah. this wasn't a big production but yeah but zooms are solid dude yeah, like they are solid. you came for the inputs bro, like, you, <laughs> like <laughs> I laugh at it now but <laughs> we jippoed the zoom so it would record it's a little racist <laughs> no jippo it's gypsy no, it's in uh, in Europe. It's very racist. But anyway, of course, a white <laughs> person would tell me what's racist in Europe. No, just <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so we jibbered the Zoom recorder to record <laughs> from one channel of the sound, from because the venue only had one speaker, because <laughs> it's a small room. Yeah, the, oh, this was at the, the where comedy house where they yeah. used to, they don't have that anymore. Yeah, they don't unfortunately, have so you've got you've got the speaker, one speaker, and then the other cord we connected the Zoom was to a boom mic. <laughs> that we borrowed so we could uh, capture the audience laughter. So I'm just like, there's so many things I learned from recording this thing oh and dude, editing this d- thing. Dude, that's one issue that's with a lot of the stuff that's on South African TV. Yeah, there's no laughter. Yeah, there's no laughter. Or it's, or it's canned or they've used the laughter from another show. Exactly. Which like is fine though. <laughs> but I mean like, <laughs> we can, it don't make it like noticeable. No, there was like, I was even, I was thinking I was on, you see, I don't have DSTV. The only time yeah. I ever watch it is when I'm with my mom. Yeah. So this week I've been watching yeah. comedy oh on, okay. on TV and stuff and I've just been picking up all these things that I've just yeah. been like, yeah, shoddy as well. So I'm just like, so I'm just like, so I learned the whole process. And in so doing, learning the whole process, I've made, if someone wants to record a show, and they're like, yo, I can't afford 80,000 rand, 60,000 rand, 40,000 rand. I want you to come to me. I want, someone to, I want people to come to me so I can direct their shows. Because I've, I've now I feel at least I've made a way where if you want to be independent enough, you know, there is a way for you to do this thing. I did it by myself. I didn't approach anybody. It's the one thing I'm proud of with that show the most is that I did that thing by myself. There's no one that can be like, oh, but Sumi, so-and-so helped you. I can thank Ryan Hardeth a lot because without him, I wouldn't have been able to distribute that thing to Mnet. I went to him very late and I said, yo, I've got the show. Please watch it. Uh, and he's like, oh, I don't know if we can sell it right now. And I was like, okay, cool. And then he phoned me and said, yo, we can do this thing. So I thank him. I'm eternally grateful for that because it was a really shit 2018. And this really made it a great 2018. Well, yeah, man. I mean, that's... But could, I want to could, di- direct and record more and record not just comedy things. Like, you don't know what I'm working on now? Uh, you were, Yeah, you said you're working on a few things. Well, uh, yeah, one of the things I'm working on is making a horror movie. Really? Yeah. Dope. That's, do you know why? That's something I want to do. Blair Witch Project was like shot and made for like 13,000 US dollars and I think Warner Brothers picked it up and they made 358 million from it. So I'm just like... And you really are all about that Zuck at the moment. I am all about that Zuck because I don't want to die poor. I don't want to die like an old... But you're... Whatever, dude, you're dead. 
No, but I like I don't Who cares want how to, you die? I don't want to be an old like a fifty year old man jumping on stage. I'm gonna stop jumping oh, on stage by the oh, time. Oh no, I'm you see, I'm the exact opposite. Like that's when I really want to start jumping nah. on stage. That's when, dude. Like when I'm like 50 or 60, that's all I want to do. Nah, then. I don't. Wanna, like, I don't wanna jump up on stage. I want to. When I'm 45, I want to be out. Nah, you see, we have the exact opposite like idea of this thing. But then why would you want to do? You could do because I'm gonna know so much more. I'm gonna have have so much more to say. I'm gonna. Bob, you're be gonna be dead. I've I've seen probably. your future. <laughs> I've seen your future. You are definitely gonna be dead. Nah, you're gonna do these, cocaine these one of those days when you're like 42, 43. I've done coke like twice this year. Like I'm like <laughs> so beyond that shit. Pages, you and Paige are gonna get into a small fight, right? When you <laughs> in your forties, and she's much younger than you, and she can still like get other handsome guys. <laughs> and you're gonna. Oh, be thanks so for saying other handsome guys. I appreciate that. Yeah, she wouldn't. You're just I don't know what. Yeah, I don't know how. It's I've got a good personality. After, after the Gupta <laughs> inquiry, state of capture inquiry, that's the next thing I want to <laughs> apply for. Good state of a public protector. How did Bob Perver get someone so beautiful? We need to find it out. So she will leave you, right? Because There's a high probability she, that she she she'll be the like, one that leaves she me. Leave like for a divorce or something like that. But you guys are gonna have a small fight. It's a small lovers tiff. But because she's younger, she'll be like, yo, I'm just going to hang with my friends. You, because you're older, you'll be like, well, fuck this. I want to forget about this moment. You're going to do cocaine and you're going to die. <laughs> do you really think a coke's what's going to kill me? Not a gun to <laughs> my head. Know. Probably by service myself. delivery's <laughs> going to kill you, dog. The amount of time you complain <laughs> about services, like the way you swear take a lot for no reason. Not for no reason, bro. They gave me a really horrible experience. And I have a Hans that works at Superbulous. Yeah, dude, I've worked at fucking Superbulous. I've written for them. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Oh, this Hans is a mama seater though. Sure, she's so uh, beautiful. Oh, yeah, a Hans as in a honey, not as in an yeah, actual guy named Hans. No, can no, I, can I, I show you? Can no, I show you we're on a podcast photos? and we're actually talking about what your one-man show. Oh, okay. Let's carry on with that quickly. So your one-man show, less known somebody, shot at... Um, comedy well, House. The Comedy House. Uh, it's going to be on Mnet. Yes. And how do you feel about that now? Because like, A, you must A, feel proud. very proud, but are you not scared? No, because I know the show's funny and I know if... If you, if I so there's no fear. There's nah, no. Nah. What, what I'm like the only people that won't like it are people that I don't appeal to, and that's okay. I don't appeal to everybody. Amen. Amen. Cool. I don't appeal to everybody, but, but I know anybody that's intelligent, anybody <laughs> that doesn't. No, really, I know anybody that's intelligent, anybody that understands the craft of humor, anybody that appreciates the craft of humor will enjoy that show, because that show doesn't have hacky material. That show doesn't have simple gags. That show is a wonderfully crafted show shot in a small intimate venue sh shot well produced well so i know that any person that has a love of comedy that's higher than most will love that show and is that so is that who you're trying to appeal to well i don't try to appeal to that's, it. that's who unfortunately who i do appeal to but you're saying that you think about your lsm and that though so when I you're do. so when you're writing but do I you not I think like this joke's gonna hit with these kind of people well no i did a very clever joke they didn't make it into the show Mm -hmm. Because it's too clever for the, like the current context of South African comedy, like so the joke is about how my dad, uh, my, my, my dad gets upset that uh, the acronym LGBTI, yeah, uh, they're taking more letters. So yeah. I see him sitting on the couch, I'm like, yo, why is he so upset? He's like, they took another one. I was like, who's they? He's like, they. I was like, hey, who's they? Because like now they I'm could be anyone. Yeah, and he's like the LGBT people. I was like, what did they take now? And he's like, he's like. They, I was like, okay, don't don't use they in that tone because now we've provided context. Okay, so <laughs> stop that. Just say they. <laughs> well, they now have LGBTIQ. Yeah. I was like, oh, and, and a. a, and he goes, they've taken A as well. I was like, yeah, 
He's like, rest in peace, A, you with the angels now. So I was like, but why are you upset? He's like, no, we can't have so many, we can't just keep on losing letters. I'm like, you're not losing letters, they're just adding letters. He's like, yeah, but they can't keep on doing that. I was like, stop saying they. So he's miffed, but I see him go to his writing room. He comes back, I was like, yo, I've got a, I've got a plan. I was like, what's the plan? And he's like, um, I've written a new alphabet for them. <laughs> I was like, don't call them them. He's like, I've written a new alphabet. And then he, we, I read this alphabet on stage. So it's like LGBTQIA, XYZ, WP. And it's really cool because at the end of it, it's like, so now I know my LGBs, but you, I don't I know you. what they mean. I I've think done I heard you it. Yeah. yeah, I've done it. But like, it never ever lands as hard unless the room is like of a certain level of intelligence. Like, it, it's never landed at, like, at the bakery. It's never landed there. Wow, and that's your local. And that's my local. But I did it. I, like, I, I love the way you just throw people under the bus. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> but like I did it in Cape Town. I did it in Cape Town. And it landed so hard. Because I think they understood it more than my local did. Well, there might be a bit more of a gay community there. Yeah. Like so it's just like, so I enjoy, so I can't, I don't see myself writing a joke that I know is, is dumbing down. Do you find that that's... So do you not see that as a necessary evil in the comedy industry in South Africa? What? Dumbing down some of your material. No, but people dumb down material all the time so they can get... Yeah. So they, so they, they well, portray asking, yeah. themselves as funnier so they get other gigs. Yeah. Whereas I'm just like, if I don't need the gig, I'm safe. Kulega boy. Don't and worry about me. And in that case, that's that privilege thing of... Hmm. And, but also now, you've got your own money as well from comedy. Like yeah. selling the show and that yeah. gives you that level yes. of comfort a little bit more yes, now. Yes, it does. Because it's not like I was earning baller money in 2018 until... I d- <laughs> 2008 is the first time my privilege didn't help me out in a financial sense. Yeah. I wasn't earning financial money from my privilege. But my privilege did help me in finding connections so I could do the thing that I wanted to do. So I shot that show. But I went to my friend Janaid. I was like, yo, I know you shoot so many things. Shoot this for me. I know the minimum requirement for me is 4K cameras. Yeah. Because I don't want to be shooting things in 3K. And that's the thing that you got the whole thing done for 9K is ridiculous, Bro. dude. Because even just hiring 4K cameras is Bro. about 9K. Bro. So I'm just like, and he's like, he's like, don't worry. And you know the thing is, this is where the 9K So what is this? Janaid, what's his surname? Samai. Cool. Uh, we'll get his Instagram yeah, and stuff. At and J Samurai. Cool. There you go. So the thing is... So the thing is, what I did was, is that this is what the nine grand went for, right? I said, Janaid, you need to give me the cheapest price for this thing. He said, cool. And where it went was like 3,000 rand was for him, 3,000 rand was for me, and 3,000 rand was for our friend Dean Peterson, who was the second uh, DOP, right? And what he did was... <laughs> Have you like, not worked out a deal with it where he gets some like, residual stuff? No, we didn't know, how we, didn't know we were going to sell it. We were just, I was making it. Just but now you're going to send him a little bonus? Yeah, he's my bra. Yeah. So what we did with the money was, right, the three grand I used was for my flight down there. I stayed at Janet's house. He took the other three grand for himself to say, okay, let's go see what equipment we can hire. It's a boom mic we hired. Uh, and we paid for the pizzas that I provided the audience every night with that three grand, right? Okay. And he had about 1,200 left. Then he gave three grand to Dean Peterson and he's like, yo, this is the payment for you for those two nights. Then we, <laughs> after the first night, we're sitting and smoking and uh, smoking hookah pipe and having a good time. It was mini, like, a mini party, knowing that we have a show the next day. And Janae's like, guys, everybody that's here, all our friends, and stuff, is like, don't worry about paying. I've got this. And I was like, how do you have this? He's like, yo, man, from our budget of the 1,200 rand. <laughs> 
Then Dean's like, oh, you guys aren't making money from this thing? I was like, no, none of us. Like, fuck it. The next night we had a smaller, we had a bigger party. Like, yo, everybody have a good time. Three grand. So if I think about that nine grand though, in Henley, it was nine grand I spent, we spent as friends. On a jaw. (laughs) On a jaw. That came out with a really good product. And I'm all about... And that's what I said earlier on. If anybody is out there and listens and wants me to help them, I'm willing to help you because I want to add it to my portfolio because I know how good I am in that market. I know that I could become better in that market and it's a thing I want to do. So that is... But how does that... How do you then juggle that against the creative being that you are for comedy? Like, because you say you don't want to do comedy after 45 and that you're looking to get there's more into directorship of, and yeah, management and other stuff. other ways of making money via comedy. But, but the thing is, see, but comedy is not just about making money. It's about performance. It's the whole thing of well, doing no, comedy. If you want to like, do stand-up, that's the performance yeah, part. Yeah. I don't necessarily forever want to do stand-up. I that's so weird to me. Like, I don't, like, I find it so hard to chat to a stand up comedian who doesn't want to just always be doing stand up comedy. Because, okay, so my therapist the other day told me if I never jumped on stage again, would I consider myself a stand up comedian? And the answer is always yes. Because I'll find other ways of making people laugh. For example, everybody thinks that if you want to be a stand up, and this is probably true, if you do want to be a stand up, you have to be on stage. Yeah. But if, all the do you time, be, if you want to be a comedian, you got to. You can put I stuff online. Bro, like. I make my dad laugh every morning, yeah. and that is enough to guide me through the whole day. I feel fine. Okay, I mean, but I mean, <sighs> I understand that you want to do stand up, and and I respect it, and I, I accept yeah. For it. me, like I just want to be on stage a lot. Yeah, like. and I'm happy for people that want to do that. I don't necessarily want to. I don't. I definitely want to only be on stage for five minutes. I definitely want to don't be on stage for seven minutes. Like I love having minutes, a market. See, minutes. that's what yeah, that's what I hate is. I actually I don't mind five minute gigs too much too like, badly. I do like, know but that I, I prefer twenty to thirty to forty to fifty. Like so, I tested out these new jokes uh, this past weekend. Yeah, at the bakery. Yeah, and I was just like, I enjoy doing longer sets, and I'm fine with doing longer sets and other people I have no problem with other people doing clubs if that's the thing you want to do do that thing but you also can't be upset that I don't want to do clubs you can't be upset that I don't agree with your formula you can't be upset that I don't want to play your game you can't be upset that I don't want to match what you're doing but then obviously you can't be upset that they don't like that you're doing and your that's thing. fine like, I'm not upset if they hate me for doing my own thing yo how could you hate a person for it? they're like yo guys I don't necessarily like this I understand that you do but I want to do something else and like and how do you not? I don't understand. So I'm just like, I don't want to do those things. You can't, and you can't give me shit if I'm just like, yo, I don't want to do those things. I find those things a level below me, or but they don't help me as much as they used to. Yeah, you see, but that's the thing. Like saying that, like it's a level below you. People can construe that as arrogant. Like a lot of it the is way arrogant. You, I'm on okay. stage by myself, Bob. When is this, when is stand-up comedy not being an arrogant thing? Uh, fair enough. You're but, on stage. But there, by there's yourself. levels to it. Like, of course, it's a layered thing. But when is stand-up comedy not an arrogant thing? Well, I mean, just art in general, performing it like so, is so why must has I a level of arrogance to it, I guess. I just feel like people just want me to be like, yo, okay, cool, yeah, I accept that we should all be a clique and we should all shield each other's insecurities. Okay, you can do that as well. I'm fine with people doing that. You just that. don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to be a part of it. But do you... Uh, I don't what, but what, what, what caused this though? Because it was a time where you were not part of the get-along gang, but you were getting along with people a lot better than you have in the last two years or so. I don't know. You can listen to my podcast and find that out. But I'm okay. just like this... It's nothing big. People change all the time. People change all the time. People are hu- like you don't remain friends with the same people forever, and that's another okay thing. I don't know why people want to be friends with everybody forever. It's mm. I was comfort like, I enjoy and also people are dope. Comfort, but I'm just like I enjoy being by myself. I enjoy speaking to different people all the time. I don't enjoy doing five minutes. I don't enjoy doing ten minutes. I don't do enjoy doing twelve minutes. It doesn't mean I won't do them. I'm doing Riyadh Musa and Friends on the twenty second of December. That's a twelve minutes li- that's a twelve minutes uh, gig for me. 
I do it because I'm just like, yo, that's a quick 6K I can make. But you don't get any value or joy out of being on there? value or joy from that? But I'm just like, yo, I'm taking a flight the next day to Cape Town to record a live podcast. No, but I'm 6K richer. Yeah, fair enough. So So I'm just like, I don't have a problem with people doing their things. And they shouldn't have a problem with me doing my things. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely fair enough. I just think at times you ha- like you haven't just done your thing. You have said stuff as well. So that's why yeah, people might I'm have got a bit so upset. So I don't understand. So uh, when are we allowed, allowed to be vocal? <laughs> when you're so if you don't toe the line, you, you're, <laughs> if you toe the line, you can be vocal. But if you don't toe the line, you're not allowed to be vocal. That's a silly concept. To I believe tri- dude, this is the so stuff I'm dealing with at the moment. So I was just like, but I'm okay with being vocal because like I said, I have a great support system. I go home. Yeah. I would be like, Bob, fuck you. I put this mic down and I go home. And you can be like, wow, Simi, fuck this guy. I can't believe he said this shit. Fuck this guy. Fuck this. And I was like, cool. You know what? My mother made chicken curry tonight. My bed is super soft. It's got new springs in it. It's a new fucking bed. I bought it with the money that I make from doing this thing that you clearly don't like. And now it's a two meter long bed. Dude, one thing I've got to say is I really just love that. Yeah, you've done it your way, man. You're so the Frank Sinatra-ing the fuck out of the shit. So I don't understand why people are... <laughs> Nobody is allowed to have an opinion, guys. Unless the opinion is our opinion. Guys, this is a s- that's such a <laughs> sad concept. Yeah, you, I hate you, that people aren't educated as well. In terms of? I'm just like, I'm talking about normal formalized education. Why? Why formalized? Because sometimes people, when they jump into a microphone, they think the microphone is the degree. Cool, I get you there. But I mean, you can still be educated without going to of university. Course. Of course you can. I mean, if you read a lot, I literally read like constantly. Yes, so yeah, but like, like some people don't, and they just think because I'm I speak into this microphone thing, this is my degree and that's my opinions actually, are valid. Actually, this is a great thing because that's also the thing is society itself sees comedians as being these smart people with you know these clever things to say about the world, and they're society you know society looks to comedians for their you know their hot takes and for to guide them essentially these days. It's and I think we're still like basically you know, riding on Carlin's coattails with stuff like that, you know, we're riding on guys who were smarter and said things, but these days I a lot of comedians are trying to have to a voice s- that's not really I'm not here to be society's relevant. moral compass. I'm not. I'm here just to make things that are funny or just make things. Okay, let's end with this. Why do you do comedy? Because I have things to say and I enjoy, I, I seriously but enjoy why comedy making then? people laugh. Okay. I do. I, I have it's an addiction for me to make people laugh. Whether that addiction is gets like <laughs> gets solved by me doing it via stage, me doing it via Instagram, or me doing it via Twitter, because that's the thing you do use lots of platforms, dad, or me sitting with a podcast, whatever, whatever. As long as that addiction is just fixed, that's the reason why I do it. You just want to make people laugh. Do I want to do it forever? No. The next, I, like, other than writing a horror film, I'm writing a poetry book. Cool. I mean, I've been, I've, I been doing, I've been doing that for years. But I know, because I love poems. But you're the person that, because I was just like, when I saw you do poetry on stage years ago, I was like, I also want to do poetry on stage. Yeah. Now, in the one man, there's a... Oh, there's a uh, yeah, I saw, like, yeah, when you did... Yeah, there's, there's poems. In Durban, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's poems in it. And there's, there's some other, t- there's some deep poems, there's some funny poems. Like, I, I submitted this one for this writing fellowship. Well, it's like it's such a silly thing, but I enjoy it. It's like a fellowship. Yeah, like, a writing fellowship. Yeah, I mean, so is that what you want to do next year? I'm just like <laughs> whatever's available to you. Whatever's there's so much talent, right? Another thing South Africans do is that we we're very insecure in high, we have a low self-esteem when it comes to our own talent. Yeah, you don't. don't. <laughs> you don't. So That's like, exactly you. De- you 
you have like it's weird yeah out of every sound of comedian's country i think you have the least amount of insecurities that are i mean you have insecurities but they come out yeah. in different ways yeah in different ways yeah but like, like i don't have a low self-esteem yeah so I'm just like, I'm not here to shelter other people's low self-esteem. I don't want to have a low self-esteem because I don't have a low self-esteem. So I'm just like, okay, cool. There's so many hours in my day. If I performed an hour of stand-up each night, great. That would be a great thing. But, but then you've still got... Hours? Okay, eight hours I'm going to sleep, right? Two, three hours I'm going to use to eat. You're going to play okay? some PlayStation at I'm some play point? I'm playing PlayStation. But I'm just like, if I say, let me take these three hours in a day. What do I want to do? Oh, let me try work a bit on this horror script. Oh, let me try look at my poems and write some new poetry. Oh, let me search the internet to see where these things can take hey me. Hey, man, I'm similar to you. Like f- where I can get funding from these things. Dude, I, that's the Leon same thing. Schuster I pull up my day fucked. Leon just got a fucking movie out now called Tricky and... Fear and Frank. Or Frank yeah, and Fearless, yeah. Which the government has paid Leon Schuster to make these movies. Guys, my guys. <laughs> can I tell you what the saddest... My guys, my leaders, yeah. chiefs. Do you know Leon Schuster? <laughs> The government paid him to make one of the shittiest movies I've ever seen. <laughs> the government paid him, dog. So you don't. There's money to be made from this thing, and that movie's not even funny. They to of course, it's not everything. funny. It's only on Shuster film. There we go. But I'm just like, so there's ways to make money, and there's ways to satisfy your craving of performing comedy. <laughs> you know. Fair enough. For me, like, yeah, I do for my day with lots of different creative pursuits. I do writing in the morning, radio in the afternoon, and then. Well, you have to because you have to impress your girlfriend. Well, no, because I would pay rent. <laughs> she's still she's still iffy on whether she wants to settle down with you. We're fairly settled. Oh, four years, four yeah. years, but we yeah we're doing some cool like we're we're in a good in space. In Muslim marriages, that's thirty two years of marriage, though. Yeah, the cool thing is neither of us are really marriage people. Like oh, now that we don't boring. believe in it, we'll probably just be together. Hey, d- have you told people on this podcast uh, what your real name is? Yeah, they if see you don't listen to my podcast. I don't, bro. That's sad, bro. That, that's I don't like your guests. You don't like my. G- <laughs> <laughs> don't like oh, some people are gonna take offense to that. They more than nah, welcome to. They won't. I think. The, I think the majority of them have been on my podcast anyway. So. Uh, that's Bob is basically not true. Just, guys, Bob there's is basically like, just copying me. Oh, the com- there's the comedians. Those are yeah, the only people. Bob is basically. Bob's you can't. Nah, like you can't. Like you can't have conversations about music the way I can have conversations about music or with musicians. There's that's a thing. You back announced Ariana Grande. You think I care about your music? taste now what do you mean you've uh, changed dog Ariana Grande is amazing what do you mean she's brilliant yo okay Bob thank you next yeah great song <laughs> look how you sound when you although say breathing it, was fucking like <laughs> breathing is definitely one of my favorite uh, songs can I ask you her. another question about your time on radio how sure. do you not swear how do I not swear yeah because that's like uh, a guy that reads a lot you sure know how to say fuck a lot I do it's yeah it's punctuation bro but I also worked as a primary school sports coach for seven years yeah, so that's going well I saw you got an award and stuff people get uh, oh no that was years ago uh, kids, that was a, that was kids parents th- go like Bob you're such an inspiration to my child thank yeah. you for teaching him how to bowl left handed no not exactly oh. that I, I was thanked for giving her son more confidence in his abilities you gave a person confidence yes I'm a good coach I'm Whoa. very good at like okay okay coach me Bob what a cricket? Me. No, tell me right now what I can do to change my life. I don't know what the fuck you can do. You're not a fucking seven-year-old kid. <laughs> Treat me like I'm a seven-year-old child. Okay, guys, listen up. What you're doing to this guy is not cool. We're all teammates here. We're all friends. Is that <laughs> oh, that's pretty good though. I actually, I actually was vibing with you right there. No, I'm all about the teammate thing. Like when I'm a sports coach, I'm all about the we're a team. What like and what uh, what school do you coach at? I don't coach anymore. I haven't coached in years. Oh, sorry, Bob. Yeah. Big person. And now. I'm also not going to say which school. Oh, okay, yeah, because you don't want uh, the parents to. 
think that you're speaking shit about their children? Lots of different things. I mean, I've right. said so much stuff. Like, it's been kind of crazy that, like, at the same time I was working out of school, I was saying and doing the things I was doing very publicly online and stuff. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. interesting life. Yeah. Um, you got anything else you want to say? Because I feel like from this conversation, the thing that a lot of people can take away is A, forge your own path if you want to. B, they can ask you for help. Yeah. And C, what would you say? Um... <laughs> What can people? What, yeah. What What do you want people to get out of you in general? Because you want to help people, you want to make them laugh, but at the same time, it seems like you're a fucking misanthropic kind of guy. Oh, uh, misanthropy, my favorite, favorite thing in the world. You know, um, I want. You know, Willie Nelson had a song, right? Uh, he's, he had a few. Yeah, to all the girls I've loved before. Okay. So I want to send a shout out to all the girls I've loved before. Mm, if you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> um, I'm thinking of you. All of you, except that one person. Fuck you. Um, no, I don't have anything else to say. I wish I could have made this podcast better for you. No, it's been dope. It's been a fun. I wish. Uh, I, I think w- it's going to get some people in their feelings as always. I hope not. I have no time to fight with people. Just anybody that's upset with someone, I say, just WhatsApp me so I can provide context. Uh, <laughs> come for coffee with me. I don't, I don't give a fuck. So you're uh, now willing to actually... Ju- well, have you always been willing to just converse when people actually have issues with you? <laughs> yeah, but you know how our people are. They will never... They'll talk to, to everyone but you. Yeah, but you. But I'm just like, yo, guys, you can... You know, I'm, I, I'm not dead. <laughs> I'm still alive. <laughs> I breathe. So I'm dead. So I don't know why people... I'm not even joking, bro. I walked into a comedy club. Your number hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. <laughs> you know, I walked into a comedy club and someone said, <gasps> Simi, what are you doing here? I was like... <laughs> what the fuck do you mean I'm a stand-up comedian? Yeah, I was like... I was like, I've come to watch some comedy. I've come to watch some comedy. That's all I've come to do. And then every single time when I do watch comedy, then people always think like I'm some like I'm like I'm Randall Abrams and I'm here to <laughs> I'm here to go, you're making it through to Sun City. Well enough, I'll end on this. Randall Abrams is one of the reasons why we won the blog award that beat East Coast Radio. Yes. And where's that blog award now? It's still on my shelf. And somewhere. where's your blog now? Oh, who cares? And where's East Coast Radio now? They've lost viewership, listenership constantly through the last like decade. Okay, but where are they now? Where's their blog right now? What? Who cares about their blog? Oh, okay. Their blog never when provided. Did you win that blog award? A while ago. You're living in the past. Like I'm not a living in the. Fan. <laughs> the Liverpool's literally like number one at the moment, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right now, but the season only ends in May, my dog. Cool. I don't follow soccer, so Damn. this is going nowhere. Anyway, okay, thank cool. you so much for no your worries, time, bro. Uh, as always, I appreciate just your Can perspective on, on life. Yes, of course. I'm gonna. Because I feel like you've got me in a better mood. That's the thing. You go like today, like you got you, and you're pretty fucking morose, like yeah. just from the start. Yeah. And so that's why I, I thought this was gonna be, like, it was a little bit of a bitchy session, but I definitely thought this was gonna be more of a. I don't have any burn, burn the world down kind of thing. No, no, not at all. But maybe you can interview me in like after February, after January. Oh, we're gonna do this. Yeah. We're gonna do a live sure, one of yeah. these basically. We'll do because yeah, yeah, we're gonna be doing the. What's it called? Almost per- uh, lesser known. No, almost perfect somebody's. Yeah, almost perfect somebody's, which is a dope w- name. Which will be in February. The your birthday is on the 14th, 14th so we're yeah. gonna do it on the 16th, yeah. then, on the Friday, and then it'll be yeah. on the 23rd in Durban. Okay, so cool. sweet.